Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle. Oh, I forgot to wake up. Oh, yeah, you're doing it in the right order. I, I, you keep I'm, interrupting I, yourself. It's like 13 years I've been doing the same promo, <laughs> and now it's like... Yeah. Now I forgot where I was. So let's bring back the circle again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, the circle of being, the circle of friends, too. How yes. about that part? <laughs> it's like, I'm so awake, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> How about, wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to... Or to Energy Mon on your community <laughs> spirit with co-host and superhero. Yes, this is Tree Song. All right. We just got a book in the mail from <laughs> Chelsea Green. And th- literally this book is not going to be published till September 4th. <laughs> You've got mail. Yeah, Chelsea Green Publishing uncorrected proof not for resale oh okay i can't sell this book dang it yeah okay power from the people (laughs) how to organize finance and launch local energy projects with information on harvesting energy from sun wind earth and water that's affordable reliable and safe um chelsea green publishing has a series of books the community resilience guide series and um i left the other one actually over there um, they sent us two of them, the first two in the series. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're starting to publish them. And so it's pretty fun and interesting. And um, this particular book is the second in the series. P- a c- collaboration between Chelsea Green Publishing and the Post Carbon Institute mm-hmm. aimed at helping communities become more self-reliant and more connected with the places and people around them. More information about the series can be found online at resilience.org slash guides. Yeah, that sounds right up our alley. Yeah, so this one, a practical guide to producing local renewable energy to power your community. It's very interesting because um, the author of this book originally wrote a book called Citizen Powered Energy Handbook in 2007. And in there, he talked a little bit about community energy. But now that this book has, well has come out will come out september 4th we are holding a pre-published copy yeah we're seeing into the future yeah that he gets to talk about all the community projects i mean like literally very large scale ones um they had to change the law in colorado but they made it now that a solar farm you could buy like one percent of it Hmm. like if you have a house that doesn't have solar on your house you could I mean, you didn't even have to live in Colorado, as far as I know, to invest in this solar farm. Yeah. It used to be big, big investors would buy, you know, the solar farm. But now they can have, you know, a thousand investors on in one solar farm. 
and people buy whatever percentage, ideally they buy the percentage that offsets their home energy usage. Yeah. Or they could buy more as an investment because it is, you know, they put in, you know, 10 acres of solar and they sell that to the utility for the next 25 years. You know, they get a contract to sell it. And so you invest in it and then you get money back every month to, you know, pay your own electric bill, you know. Not only is it producing clean energy to offset your home, but anyway, that's one of the ways in here um, to do it. So Yeah, and it's exciting to have a lot of options because we need to start weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. Yeah, and locally um, we have a neighborhood solar party scheduled, and what that is is a group of people get together and buy solar in bulk. Yeah. I want to say it's August 4th, (laughs) but... And then they throw a party to celebrate. <laughs> well, you have a party and, you know, people sign up to buy solar and get a discount because yeah. there's bulk. And then you put it in and I guess then you have to throw another party that yeah. you put it in. Right? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen. We install a lot of solar and it just like quietly starts working. Never, <laughs> yeah. We should start having the homeowner throw a party. Yeah, because you, know? you could At have... At least for the workers. We're done working. <laughs> We're done working. Let's have a party. And then you have the, the, the party to set up the business aspect of, you know, let's all put in together so we can get the bulk discount. But then you have the party afterwards to celebrate. Yeah, the afterwards doesn't really happen. <laughs> There's not much, like, fanfare that here we turn on a system. Because it's like flipping a switch. I mean, yeah. you know... You oh, yeah. They do that for, well, I don't know if they do it anymore. They're probably embarrassed about creating new uh, <laughs> fossil fuel plants now. But they used oh, to have, like, the big, like, you know. Ribbon cutting. Yeah, ribbon cutting. We're going to turn on this plant. And they might even, like, throw some ceremonial switch, you know, and make huh. it look like they just turned on the plant, you know. Yeah, you could have something like that with solar. Huh. Never thought of it. So Because it's not a big deal. I mean, the sun is making the electricity, and it just goes. Yeah. It's not... I mean, I've been doing it 13 years, and I'm, I've, I've guess I've, I'm jaded. <laughs> I'm jaded. It works. It works. You know, you know, <laughs> it works. End, We're done. And now we go find another, you know, customer to put another one in. Yeah. You could do a countdown. Three, two, one, flip the switch, and the lights go on. And then the sun. That would be really yeah, horrible. The sun and cr- the sun go behind the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, you are listening to Your Community Spirit online our show gets archived at yourcommunityspirit.org. You may email us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. If you would like your happenings to happen, email us. If you would like to get our newsletter, if you would rather not listen to us talk, but hmm. read what we are going to talk about. Yeah. So. Huh. And then, of course, we're on Facebook, Your Community Spirit. You can interact with us on that um, in-your-face kind of deal. So, occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. Yes, okay, so our Occupy updates, let's start with this one. Man who allegedly stabbed a co-worker at a chocolatier in San Francisco. Come on, you're at a chocolatier. (laughs) Chocolate is the best thing ever. Maybe someone didn't allow him to have the chocolate. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It's, it's a mood enhancer. It should set people's uh, minds at ease, you know. It's like... But uh, unfortunately, allegedly, there was a stabbing that occurred. And then uh, the person was shot and killed by police. An eyewitness to the event has come forward saying that the man was already in handcuffs when a San Francisco police officer shot him twice in the back. Reports Whoa. are mixed on whether the man was an occupier or not. I, I have to stop. I can't, I can't believe that a police officer would shoot a handcuffed person in the back. 
I don't care. I mean, that's that's like mob style. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a serious accusation. Yeah, it's very serious. And uh, th- part of the reason why there are problems is that the reports are varying on what actually happened beforehand. But so far, so far they've had several witnesses that agree to some version of a story that the man was shot while detained. So uh, I'm I'm definitely going to try to keep an eye out for more on this story. Uh, whatever happened, it sounds like it wasn't good. And we have like three different news sources that is talking about. Yeah, it's not. claims cop shot man in the back. Yeah, know? it's not just one story. It's it's several. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for more news on that. And it's a female officer shooting the man in the back. So it's even, I don't know, more controversial. I don't know. A hacker, a hacker has claimed to have breached the site itwallstreet.com and exposed data from around 50,000 job applicants. Around a dozen of these have been leaked online so far. The ha- hacker has suggested that the attack is meant to show support for Occupy Wall Street. All right, in other Occupy news, we, we covered this story earlier. The Chicago Tribune has lost their name battle with occupiers. The World Intellectual Property Organization in Geneva has denied the newspaper's complaints, stating that Occupy is well known enough to not be confused with the Tribune. So, yeah, that's interesting. I like the fact that they mentioned that, too. It's like people know what Occupy is. They're not going to confuse Occupy with Chicago Tribune. Well, what it was was they bought a website that was like OccupyChicagoTribune.com or something. Yeah, and the Tribune didn't like the website, so they said, oh, people are going to be confused. They're going to think it's the real Tribune. And No, if it says Occupy in the name, people people aren't going to confuse the Chicago Tribune with Occupy. Somebody will. I <laughs> well, mean, but... yeah, somebody who who's going to confuse where they are and what day it is. <laughs> so, all right, in news, do yourself... We've talked about the re- um, the repairability problem on Apple's new computers, um, and a lot of people, including green-minded friends and colleagues, said, so what? What's the uh-huh. big deal? I mean, um, Apple actually withdrew themselves from the, this government organization that actually checked for repairability and environmental of electronics. Mm-hmm. And there was such... Um, I guess storm. I was going to yeah. say another uproar. Word. Uproar. There you go. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I could say that word on the online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was such a storm that um, Apple announced that they were going to join the organization back again. Uh-huh. I mean, part of it was they couldn't sell anything to government organizations because yeah. they had to pass that, you know, that um, environmental act. I forget what it was, and the the news says the reason why Apple withdrew is because their new products they felt wouldn't pass yeah. the rules. I mean, one of, I I did a lot of research on this over the week, and um, we actually have a whole article about it here. Apple's internal memo to service technicians show the battery in MacBook is not replaceable. Yeah, so they weren't just trying to prevent people from replacing it. They actually whether intentionally or unintentionally, had designed it so you couldn't replace it. Well, they glue it in. Yeah, it's, it's, glued it's stuck into, in there. It's glued into the frame. Yeah. And so literally you have to replace the whole frame of it also. Yeah. And the thing is, is a battery is a regular thing that wears out. Yeah. Pretty quickly. I mean, I have bought uh, two laptops used 
and the main problem with it was they needed a new battery. That yeah. was all the problems inherent with it that it didn't even work if it was plugged in. Oh, yeah, so it just didn't work. So I, I bought a laptop for like $75 once, and they were just like, it's buggy and stuff, and I was just like, okay, let me play around with it. And I played around with it, and I figured out that literally it only works if the battery is good. You know? Yeah. And that was the problem is if the battery is bad, you know, even if it's plugged in the wall, it needs the battery to operate. Yeah. That particular model. Um, and it was an Apple. <laughs> I mean, um, and so I just bought a new battery on the Internet and I put it in, you know, and I almost never used the battery. But for it to work plugged in, it needed the battery. Yeah. Yeah. I could understand if they had invented some kind of battery that never wears out. But <laughs> nobody's done that yet. No. I mean, <laughs> basically, and this internal memo to Apple's service techs literally says that you cannot repair the battery. You have to take the whole... And it's not cheap. I mean, you're talking that it's going to cost about two hundred dollars to if you send it into a technician. Yeah. For them to replace basically the case and the battery. Yeah, because then they've got to disconnect everything from the case, and then you know, you know, possibly get a new case if it's glued in there. So the whole idea is doing, you know, do-it-yourself projects. You could start with a quick fix-it-up project you can start by you doing it to save money or you just might be interested in making something yourself it might be a desire to buy fewer consumer goods as an environmental statement it might just be a you know a challenge to be more self-reliant or just want to fix something hmm. i mean all these reasons are to do things do it yourself i mean um they're just they're trying to say that oh this technology is so high tech we can't let someone repair it. Huh. Well, in the in the um, inverter industry and in, for solar, they've actually gone the other way. They're making it simpler and simpler that you can literally like replace the computer board and inverter. It's like two screws and a snap and connector. Uh, yeah. So if lightning hits it or the board goes out, you know you can repair it I yeah mean, i mean that makes more sense from a design perspective i mean they're they're doing some profit motive perspective where they're like you know we want to protect this technology and we want to ensure that people buy more of these things so we're going to glue this in there when it makes more sense to everybody who uses it to have the parts be replaceable well they did it because it's cheaper to build yeah <laughs> i mean i mean a battery there's nothing unique about a battery technology yeah just a bunch of cells glued together but, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, they're just literally to open the case of uh, the new Apple, you can't. There's no screws. It's glued together. Yeah. And so the whole, the, just to open it up. So, huh. yeah, I mean, that is not a good trend. And people, people, yeah, there was a big storm on the Internet over the last couple of weeks about Apple's new product being completely and 100% unsustainable because of that. <laughs> yeah. So they did not think, you know. So um if you would like to see some do it yourself projects, um treehugger.com slash tag slash do it yourself. Um dive in, get inspired and start doing it yourself. I mean hmm. there's some fun projects out there to do. Um I'm almost inspired to do some of them myself. <laughs> so Yeah. That's a good sign. Now, this, this next technology, they are keeping it very closed 
because they don't want people to do it yourself. Huh. It's a new technology. Yes, we have the kinetic sidewalk. Uh, kinetic sidewalk and enlightening feet at Olympics. I, I could give them a piezo of my mind and tell them how silly it is. <laughs> I wrote that myself. Oh, it's that's a good piezo, one. Piezo, electric. Yeah. <laughs> so a piezo my mind. Yeah, piezo your mind. <laughs> well, 20, London 2012 is promising to put on the most energy efficient Olympics ever. That sounds like it could be an Olympic event in and of itself. Uh, the kinetic power lit sidewalk uh, going in at West Ham Station forecast to generate a grand total of 21 kilowatt hours of electricity over the course of the games won't be a significant contributor to the cause but still you can't beat it for a how about that appeal <laughs> yeah now uh, they're doing a temporary footbridge that will allow spectators to avoid passing through the station itself as they make their way from the eastbound tracks to the two transit lines toward the park yeah it's going to have a dozen energy harvesting tiles and you uh, you know, you step on the tiles, basically, and it creates energy. Well, it doesn't really create energy because it's flexing. It's using more of your energy, isn't it, for you to walk? Yeah. So, well, like, that's the sort of thing, you know, conservation of energy. You know, energy doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Right. So when you step on it, <clears throat> you know, it compresses it. But then when you, you know, you have to, you're going to have to do a five millimeter greater stride to get <laughs> out of it, right? Yeah. So you're going to use a little bit more energy. But mostly it's just your weight is pushing it down. Yeah. And in London, they've been they've been um, beta testing a lot of these, especially on stairs going up and down to the trains. You know, on stairs, people are walking up and down stairs, but they found out people don't use stairs anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they use the escalators. So now they're starting to put it on walkways themselves. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, I remember reading probably three years ago about a dance club in Belgium where they use these to dance on. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, that, too. So, um, the future yeah. is now. Yeah, the future is now. We're yeah. living in a future where walking can generate electricity. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you can buy a watch that your movement powers the watch. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's like hmm. we have the ability. So, we also have the ability. A hundred organizations call on the Surgeon General for a report on soda. Not an actual ban yet. They just want an actual report. A group of almost 100 national and local health, medical, and consumer organizations, plus a handful of municipal public health organizations, and more than 20 prominent individuals are calling on the Surgeon General of the United States to issue a report on the health effects of soda and other sugary drinks. Referring to the impact of the 1964 Surgeon General report on tobacco use, the groups and individuals report hope that a report on soda will evaluate the effects and better publicize the health impact of indulging in too many sugary drinks. I mean, startlingly, almost 50% of two and three year old children drink sugary beverages every day. Hmm. The important study found that each extra soft drink consumed per day was associated with a 60% increased risk of overweightness in children. The letter cites that startling statistics like the fact that type 2 diabetes, which affect primarily older and middle-aged adults, is now occurring more commonly in teens. So... Unlike about any other product in the food supply, sugar-based drinks, quote, 
are directly connected to obesity and diet-related disease. So, um, yeah, and then there's a long list of some of the organizations, including the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, saying, please issue a report. Yeah, because the report makes it more clear. Everyone can point to that and say, this is why we're doing these things. Because there's all sorts of like there are all sorts of like smaller studies out there, but then a, a big comprehensive report helps pull it together. Yeah. So, hmm. Sugar <laughs> causes diabetes. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, we've got a uh, new story here. Las Vegas building is made from 500,000 beer bottles consumed on the strip. Wonder how long it would take us in, in Carbondale. Not to, all at once. <laughs> not all at once. Like, Hopefully not. I wonder how they collect it. I mean, that's funny. They actually collect them and use them to build the building. Yeah. It's like, how did they do that? Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, let's see. It wasn't the old style where you actually? I've seen them where they actually stack the bottles to build a building, but I can't see them building a big building like that. Yeah. Well, let's see. They. Uh, yeah, they used a building material. It's, uh, let's see. The building material is called Greenstone, designed by Scott McComb. Uh, let's see. It's, it's modeled after, well, it produces architectural elements. Like, they turn it into, like, uh, you know, they, well, they ultimately turn it into entire buildings uh, using these bottles. And the half million bottles kept 290,000 pounds of glass out of the landfill. Uh, they crush them and mix them with fly ash to produce a new building material. So they don't just take the bottles and stack them, but they create a new special building material that you can do anything like you can do like conventional building with to okay. a degree. Which is interesting because I've also seen like there was a monastery I saw once that was I think soda bottles uh, that it was just whole bottles that had been glued together. Yeah. But this is they take a. They make a new material out of the bottles so that they can sculpt it in a lot of different ways. There you go. So, um, drink. You can build your house out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> It'll probably take you a while to drink a half million bottles worth. Uh, I don't know. On the strip here in Carbondale, what do you think that is? A couple weeks? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, all right. Three answers to the questions. <clears throat> What's wrong with my tomato plant? This is the time of the year you're either watching your tomatoes ripen on the vine or you're wondering what's wrong with your tomato. So from the Illinois Univers University of Illinois Extension Service, here's a few answers. Number one, yellowing leaves. Yellowing and discolored leaves where the veins are still green is a sign of either phosphorus or calcium deficiency. Hmm. Number two, container tomatoes that are dying. Contem container tomatoes have stems that are either withering indicate that the plant is not getting enough water. The roots are drying out and drying out. Now, I'm getting that not in a container, out in the yard. So yeah. <laughs> they're not getting enough water. Normally, I water twice a week, and so I've been upping it because the temperature is drawing the moisture out of the plants. Yeah, it's not just that it's not getting enough water. It's actually sucking it out. <laughs> yep. And number three, splitting fruit. Like the foliage that's dying back, splitting fruit is a sign of uneven watering. As the fruit is ripening, if the plant receives too much water, the skin will split because the fruit's skin can no longer expand. 
And that actually happened to a bunch of people last week, um, some farmers. We got that little bit of rain, but the plants, like, freaked out and a bunch of tomatoes split. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. well, especially if they had just been watering the tomatoes and then you get the little bit of rain, you know. So. <laughs> Um, watering regularly and evenly is very important. So yeah. instead of, you know, giving a massive flood, it's much better to give a small amount. I mean, literally a gallon, a gallon of water on a plant is equal to one inch of rain. And so hmm. you don't want to do that more than twice a week. So, All right. Final one. Yes. To, revi- to revitalize Detroit, bring on the zombies. Uh, let's see. Huge huge swaths of Detroit are virtually abandoned. At least half the buildings and a shockingly large percentage of the city are empty. Uh, the scale of urban blight has risen to a variety, given rise to a variety of new ideas, including the creation of a lot of farmland. Uh, but the team behind Z-World has a very different way to... Revitalize the motor Z city. World. No, Z World. Yeah. They're planning on a 200-acre zombie theme park. <laughs> it's like, I guess they really don't have to do anything except put a fence around. Yeah, it. put a fence around it, get a few people in costumes maybe, you know. Just, I guess Zombieland was already taken, so they've got to go with Z World. It's just like, yeah. but um, interesting. So um, we can't use abandoned places, so let's turn it into a theme park. Yeah. So... Yeah, and he admit the the creator admits it's ambitious, but he says it could be a way to create jobs for the area and support businesses. Uh, so he's got a uh, Indiegogo campaign to raise one hundred forty five thousand dollars to do it. That's all for two hundred acres, huh? Yeah, I, I wonder if the city donates the land or you know just says, "Oh, you're going to bring money here. Here's some land." Huh. So maybe who knows? Yeah. So every week I try to talk about uh, one green project in the 15 green projects for under $500. This week's number three is put a a recirculating pump under the sink. As you stand around waiting for hot water to arrive at your bathroom sink or worse, wander off to do something while the tap is running. Watch what's flowing down the drain. Not just water, but all the energy that goes into heating it. Now, let's say you could just press a button and have hot water in an instant. Basically, that's what they do is they put... You know, a pump, you know, right there and recirculate the water. So mm-hmm. um, mo- a lot of uh, European places and a lot of places that have very large buildings use that. So every week we'll try to bring one of the 15 green projects under $500. All right. Today we're observing Moon Day. Yes. <laughs> Today is man's first lunar landing. Yes, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. A line which he botched as he was saying it. He was supposed to say one small step for a man. It's like, well, it's better what he botched. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you know. it's interesting. So You only get to do the line once because there's only once that humanity steps on the moon for the first time. <laughs> um, Independence Day for Columbia today. Yes, uh, Saturday, Ernest Hemingway's birthday on Saturday. Sunday is Pied Piper Day and Rat Rat Catcher's Day. They kind of go together, huh? (laughs) Yeah, Monday is Gorgeous Grandma Day. Excuse me. And Hot Enough for You Day. I think that's every day right now. It's like... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hot enough for us out there. (laughs) Uh, Tuesday is Cousins Day and National Drive-Through Day and National Tell an Old Joke Day (laughs) and Parents Day. 
Don't tell an old parent's joke. <laughs> and Wednesday is the uh, birthday of the first test tube baby. Uh, I don't know how old they are, but they're full-grown adults. They're wandering around out there somewhere. All right. We have about two minutes to talk about some happenings. This week at Gaia House, the open mic night, which is every Friday. Today, July 20th, is National Ugly Truck Day. Hmm. Various Internet sources are confused as to why, but hey, there's songs about trucks. And as always, non-themed performances are welcome. So open mic at the Gaia House, 6 to 9 p.m., and that's it overlaps with rice and spice a weekly slow food dinner and whether or not you perform or listen start your weekend right with open mic hey that rhymes <laughs> yes and yes as you mentioned you've got the rice and spice dinner slow foods dinner at god house interfaith center 913 south illinois and after dinner there they're having salsa dancing uh, salsa dancing starts with lessons at about nine and dancing starts at ten uh, it's a good time over at Guy House. And Guy House morning yoga basics for women on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. So yoga basics for women is moving to mornings. Now you can start your day right with some yoga. So. Hmm. All right. Uh, some community events. The International Coffee Hour is going on on Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Northwest Annex Building B. Friday Night Fair, 6 to 9 p.m. on the Square in Carbondale, every Friday through the summer. Yes, and uh, Habitat for Humanity is going on uh, on Saturday at uh, 2035 Horton Street. Farmer's Market, Saturdays 8 until noon on the west side of town. And right after the Farmer's Market, the Vigil for Peace, Saturdays noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. Yes, and another event from tonight uh, at the Big Muddy IMC is having an open house. That's just a couple doors down here from WDBX, having all sorts of stuff about their, their technological stuff they've got going on there, uh, going to have uh, information on how to be the media, how to participate in the media, may even have some open source gaming and LAN party. So lots of fun stuff going on there, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Now, you might have heard this already in the um, conventional mainstream news, Picnic for Pride at the Jefferson County Courthouse on Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. The Jefferson County Board passed the resolution affirming its support of marriage as, quote, a sacred union between a man and a woman, end quote. The people of Jefferson County who oppose this resolution are having a peaceful protest and a picnic. Bring your family, friends, and a picnic lunch. Wear your bright colors and meet and greet with other Jefferson County families and friends who want to show the gay and lesbians in Jefferson County that they all deserve all of the blessings the community has to offer, including marriage. Yes. That is the Picnic for Pride, Jefferson County Courthouse in Mount Vernon, Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. 